0: another thing and another thing and
1: another thing and another thing welcome to another episode of and another thing podcast i'm your co-host tony clement absent jody jenkins yes this does happen from time to time jody is off this week and then i'm off uh, next week uh, with the big cruise coming up. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows about the disco cruise. So we're splitting our time a little bit. We've got so much to talk about, Jody and I, but it'll have to wait for another episode. Lots going on in the political world in Canada, but we're not just about politics, and that's why we've got our special guest today. But first, we also want to thank our amazing sponsors, in particular John Mutton and the gang at Municipal Solutions. They are Ontario's leading MZO firm. They are there for development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, even things like minor variances and land severances. MunicipalSolutions.ca is where you go for that. And we very much appreciate them being a title sponsor. And then Halton GR. They are found at HaltonGR.com. They are your West GTA GR firm. They specialize in sourcing land for development, acquiring the ideal land, as well as obtaining zoning permissions and bylaw modifications. They keep the project going through the process they even help putting putting together the financing their motto is let's get this done go to haltongr.com and Stephen sparling will help you there and finally of course we want to tip our hat to hunters bay radio hunters bay radio.com every saturday morning they have a whole stable of podcasts that they repeat including and another thing podcast They've been doing that for a few months now, but there are other wonderful podcasts that you can find available there. So if you're in the listening area, it's 88.7 in Muskoka, but also they live stream at huntersbayradio.com. Our guest today is Nix Correa. She is a a local broadcaster and uh, a singer, Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the music industry, and I'm very happy to have uh, you here. Thank you. Welcome to the program.
0: Thanks Tony. I'm so excited to be here. I must say, I'm a little disappointed that Jody isn't here.
1: I know. But, um, I know. okay.
0: Yeah, he's he's, gonna- he's
1: really he's really the star of the show and if he were it's here, if he were here, he'd say he'd say that we're the podcast that's leading all podcasters and that sets the bar. So, uh, uh he's uh he's a great uh, friend and partner and uh, we've been doing this for Ah, uh, well over, th- uh, for, well, uh, close to four years now. Can you believe it? So
0: wow, it's, uh, it's
1: just amazing. Yeah, you I know, was podcast just listening... world.
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, you go ahead.
0: I was gonna say I was just listening to your latest podcast with him. You guys were talking about Chichen Itza.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: I'm surprised Jody hadn't heard, hadn't heard of it. I've been there. <laughs> I, I climbed it. it. I climbed Chichen Itza uh, did you? about six months before it. Um, got shut down because so
1: you're not allowed to climb it anymore. I don't. You're think, not right? no
0: because someone had unfortunately fallen to their death. Ew.
1: Ooh, ooh, yeah. wow! Well, I mean, that was I'm an sure interesting episode. Some, I like ritual. I'm sure they did some ritual things, uh, Chichen Itza back in the day, but uh, probably that's, that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah. I'm just there for I'm just there for the selfie with the pyramid. So uh, that's that's fine by me. But uh, so that <laughs> have you seen any other pyramids in your life so far?
0: No. Just yeah. those ones in Mexico.
1: Okay. Not- so I Yeah, I have to make it to Egypt at some point. I definitely want to see Giza and some of the other pyramids there too, so. But uh, I'll start off uh, with Chichen Itza. That's a good place to start. Does the
0: think, Luxor account so. in Las Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I've been there. I've seen the Luxor. That's a good point. I've seen the Luxor and I've seen the Pyramid at the Louvre as well. So
0: okay, then there so we go.
1: I think We're we such are well-traveled,
0: <laughs> well-rounded individuals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly.
1: So tell the audience a little about about your life. What's uh, what's your background? what What are you doing? That kind of thing.
0: Well, thank you. Hello, audience. I'm Nix Correa, and I'm a Toronto-based musician artist. And I've been on the scene now for about five or six years professionally. Um, COVID, unfortunately, stripped away a good two of those years.
1: Yes. Um, Yes,
0: But that's okay. Um, Yes, and I write pop music, pop R&B music, and I've worked with a number of acclaimed and amazing, talented producers and songwriters in the industry
1: yeah. I read your bio. Tell, I, th- there, that's quite a roster you've got. Tell us a little bit more about those people.
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, I have, you know, one of the first industry people I ever worked with is Roy Hamilton III, the great-grandson of Roy Hamilton from mm. the 50s. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with Britney Spears, Beyonce, Michael Jackson. Um, he's, I think he was the youngest- a and R, um, youngest guy to work A and R at Capitol Records, wow. Which is, I think he was in his early twenties, which is insane. Yeah, um, yeah. So I worked with him on a number of tracks. He's still a close friend. He's he's local now. He's so he's originally from Jersey, Uh okay. But now he's he made his way up to this great country of Canada, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And so now he's here, and that's how. So when he came to Toronto, um, I was introduced to him through. Cool someone else in the industry and so he's great. Yeah. I've worked with um Matt Teofilo, who's worked with Madonna, Miley Cyrus and Diplo. He's a Canadian born and bred. Um and I've also worked with Grammy nominated songwriter Ethan Hulse, who is American. He's from nice. Nashville and I wrote a few songs down there um as well, which have
1: more a- uh, were they were they more country or <clears throat> were they still pop?
0: Oh no, they were still very much pop. Um one was more R&B style, but very mm-hmm. much, very much pop. Nashville is a great hub for East right. Coast pop artists so that they don't necessarily have to travel all the way to um, Los Angeles. I know right. people think Nashville is purely country, but it's really not. They do. Not,
1: not anymore. Yeah. Jack, Jack no. White, of course, is there too with uh, Third Man Records. Yeah. So, you know, a lot going on there,
0: for sure. And really big in the Christian music industry yes. as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no pop. Pop is what I specialize. So in. So when you're
1: working with these producers, do they do they tell you stuff like, well, when I worked with Madonna, she did this, or you know, <laughs> Michael Jackson did that, or is that no? They're pretty people? cool.
0: They they really don't say much, actually, at all, unless you pry. And of course, I'm one to pry, <laughs> <laughs> respectfully <laughs> prying. Sure. I mean, you have to ask. You know, uh, absolutely. Um, no horror stories, which is amazing. Apparently all wonderful people. So Apparently. that's a huge lie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they can't all be wonderful. No, I'm sure no, they are.
1: No, not, and not all the time because it's a high-pressure industry, especially exactly. when,
0: you're, when you've
1: got studio time, like, uh, the, you know, the clock is running, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, And when you're in the studio, too, as an artist, you let your guard down. It's not like you're, you know, trying to impress anyone or be on your best behavior. So you very much see the real version of someone in the studio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Now, when you go into the studio with these producers, do you already have uh, the song pretty well laid out uh, or is there a lot of uh, creativity that's done in the studio setting?
0: It depends on how you approach the songwriting process. I've done two ways where I go in with absolutely nothing at all. And I might just have an idea for a song or just a song title. Or um, I know I went in with Matt and it was, I think it was August or September. And I said, I want to write a really dark song for Halloween, like a Halloween theme, really dark and twisted. And that's Mm. when we- that's all I went in with. And then we came up with my single Perfect Misery. Um, other times I'll come in with some lyrics. Um, and then other times, like the, what I did in Nashville, um, the producer already had um, like a draft sort of track laid down. And okay. then what you sort of do with the songwriter is, I guess, what's kind of, What's called in the industry is called top lining, and you basically write you come up that's when you come up with the melody and the lyrics, um
1: right. okay. to an it's
0: sort of an instrumental that's already that's already made. Oh, so okay. I've done okay. it, yeah, I've you know, approached approached it from every type of angle that you can. I there's not one that I prefer, to be honest. Um, I like, and
1: would would there be session musicians there or, or would that be sort of post-production?
0: That would be actually, I've had, had session musicians there once, but that more comes later. Sometimes if you're doing it more the organic way, you, I would just start with like a piano or maybe just a guitar. Ah. So it would just be the me producer and a guitar and me, the producer and a piano. And then, you know, just to get down the basics and then later bring in the session musicians like a trumpet or bass or whatever else you may need. Right, right, yeah. Right.
1: Gotcha. And uh, before we go on, because we do want to talk about to uh, the industry in general, um, which is a, a major topic for this podcast, but just where, if people want to find your music, where, where should, where can they find it?
0: Go to my website, nixcorea.com. That is N-I-X-C-O-R-R-E-A.com. Because from there you will find my links to Spotify, Apple Music, um, Instagram, and you can find just everything in that one spot. So I suggest right. going there.
1: Right, and you're on Instagram and um, yes, other inst- socials as well.
0: Yeah. Yes, Instagram, my handle is at Um mm-hmm. So you can find me there, and I awesome. would appreciate the follow.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. We all appreciate which, the follow.
0: Which I will get into... About yeah. why I think TikTok is kind of ruining/slash disrupting the music industry.
1: Yes, because this is uh, this is a great topic because this is something I've popped off about as well, uh, you know, in the previous few years, and of course, it, TikTok has only gotten more huge. It's uh, it's basically for musicians now, right? Uh, it's uh, i mean more so than youtube now more so mm-hmm. than anything else it it is the platform so you, give us give us your assessment of what's going on with tiktok and uh, why it's problematic
0: okay so tiktok has about a billion users which is insane and um for those who don't know it actually its predecessor was an app called musically where users would upload short dance videos um and that's sort of how TikTok started these influencers or creators would create short dances um to music and mm-hmm. it spread like wildfire and obviously other types of videos were shared not just dances but that is how it started so and obviously with a good dance you need a good song and then it started to you know really take off and people were realizing that wow, these, you know, 15 or 30 second little videos were going viral and creators were using the same music because they wanted to recreate the dance. Right. So that's how, you know, I guess certain songs became viral hits and then people realized, oh, I guess, you know, if you want to get viral and get the next viral hit song, you should make a TikTok and make a TikTok dance because at the end of the day, it is a video platform. You have to have a visual for it. Um, and that's right. how people were sharing things. But I think now what it's turned into is essentially factory farming for musicians. And I think it's all about the money now and it takes out what the meaning of music is or like the reason for music, which is artists you know, who are creative um creating something special and just wanting to share it. And now it's just pretty much just about who can be viral and make make money because it's it's monetized.
1: <laughs> right. So how uh, so is it monetized on TikTok or it just throws you to Spotify where it's monetized?
0: Um so that's actually a new thing that they're doing or a new thing. Yeah I understand done.
1: TikTok is trying to get into Spotify's yeah. business.
0: TikTok is trying to do that, and they recently signed deals with major labels um, Mm -hmm. because they noticed that so much of the music that was being put online was getting traction and and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for was getting played so much. Yeah, but they're actually yes, getting exposure, but they're actually completely separate. So if you you know, stream a song on TikTok or listen to a, watch a video on TikTok. (laughs) Listen, watch, it's all the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, It's not going towards a Spotify stream. Those are separate. So I guess, actually, what's a new thing that I just read starting this year in 2022 is that the link between um, what's being played on TikTok is not really translating anymore to Spotify. So the correlation really? between TikTok usage and US streams is actually declining. Yeah. Well,
1: why do you why do you think that is?
0: I think people might be over it.
1: Ah. I'm hoping. Okay.
0: That's what as a yeah. musician, that's what I hope. There's been so many musicians that have, you know, shown their distaste for Maybe. how they've been treated with TikTok. Um, uh, the fact that they have to sort of get a viral moment in order for either a song to be released by their record label, which I think is insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing because it's all about virality or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, right? That, that, uh, your, your point is that it is affecting The songwriting process, the music making process, and it is it is basically emphasizing virality over everything else. Is that exactly what you're worried about? So that the quality, the qualitative aspect of songwriting is is being left at the altar, as it were.
0: You took the words right out of my mouth, Tony. (laughs) Well, you know. I think, yes, I personally think that what you're getting is a plethora of like cheap music from social media influencers and music that sounds like all the same. There have been a number of songs um, that have come out of TikTok because they stick to a formula that they know works for this dance um, sharing app. They're songs that they do the number thing. There's a song called like 10 things I hate about you And she lists like one, you're this, two, you're that. Then there's that song that basically lists the entire alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, U. And it's like, there's like a theme. So they try to pick up, you know, on these themes. Okay, well, if this was successful, maybe I'll do the alphabet backwards and like that will trend or something. So it's not even about any more really a song that you want to make because of, you know, what? Your are feeling as an artist, it's more just about, right. well, what's trending? How can I get this to go so viral? So I'm going
1: to a little bit of a devil's advocate with you. Yes. Uh, just because I think this is an Please important Please do. When, when I look back at the 60s and 70s, I, way, way before your time, I know. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, when the Beatles were breaking, that was a new and unique sound. All of a sudden, people are going, hmm, how can I do a song that's like the Beatles so I can get a hit too? Uh, or, you know, or, or the, when the psychedelic era came, you know, all of a sudden, uh, maybe that was with Sergeant Pepper and, and so on. Well, the Rolling Stones had to do a psychedelic album too. So, uh, uh you know, uh, there's a lot of, in the music industry, people having regard for musical trends, trendsetters, musician trendsetters and saying, okay, well, maybe I'd like to do a song like that. Uh, so, and, you know, at the height of disco, all of a sudden, the Rolling Stones had a had an album "Emotional Rescue," which was, you know, Mick Jagger singing in falsetto with a thumping beat that would look would do well on a disco floor. So, is, is this kind of that, but on steroids? Is that is that the issue or the problem?
0: Yeah, yes, I would say exactly that. Of course, yes, like you said, people are always influenced by other things. They want to emulate it. They want to replicate it. Because they think, oh, well, if that was successful, I want to do it. But this is at such a much faster pace. And it's also not even a full song, if you think about it. People used to love buying albums, right? They would go to the record store. They'd buy a whole album, like an artist made maybe 12 or 16 songs. Then it became, you know, the rise of, I guess, you know, the digital evolution and streaming technology. It was the single. More artists are now putting out singles, Right but now yeah. it's which not even back about to, back
1: to the, back to the fifties. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. But now it's not even about like a one to three, one to three, three minute song. It's about like 10 to 15 seconds of a song. Yeah. Um, Which it's like, what is that? That's, that's not a song. That's a jingle.
1: No, no that's a jingle. And, and this, that's a I think. Commercial. Yeah. I mean, and this, this kind of plays into my beef with Spotify, because the artist gets paid if the person listens for 30 seconds, doesn't get paid at 29 seconds, but gets paid at 31 seconds. So all of a sudden, the, the race uh, to beat the algorithm at Spotify mm-hmm. is, okay, I got to throw everything at the, the, um, the listener in the first 30 seconds. I got to throw my chorus in. The first thing right. you hear is going to be the chorus. It's not going to be a lead up to the chorus. It's going to be the chorus because if I don't if I don't get them hooked in the first 30 seconds, I don't get paid and they're already on to something else. So it's changing Spotify is also changing the way songwriting is done for that very reason. And then there's no incentive to have a 4-minute song or a 5-minute song or a 6-minute song because after 30 seconds you know why are you wasting your time, right? Right. So that's why we're getting these shorter and shorter songs. Uh, and in fact, uh, the uh, the industry analysis I've seen is that I think that the average song is now forty seconds shorter, you know, than it was five years ago. Right. Uh, so have you noticed that too?
0: Oh yes, I've noticed a lot of songs now in like the two thirty to two forty five range. Right. Um, which is pretty short for yeah. a song. But Yeah, I
1: mean it used to be based on the 7-inch single, which mm-hmm. could comfortably have 3 minutes of uh of audio and that was about it. Right. Then when when the when the 12-inch album was was the standard in the in the late 60s and and 70s, then songs kind of expanded and then probably expanded too much, you know. Oh my gosh! Do we have to hear a nine-minute song again? Kind of, (laughs) kind of thing. But now we're back to singles, as you said, uh, and shorter, uh, which is Mm -hmm. uh, where where the trend is now. So that you've noticed that too.
0: Oh yeah, and even with my own music, um, I'd write something with the producer, and then I'd send it to my manager, or you know. playing it back. Hey, what do we think of it? Okay, let's shorten the intro. The intro is too long. Meanwhile, the intro might be like 20 seconds. Well, let's shorten it to a 5 and then come in with your verse or wow. something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, shorter and shorter and like you said, um being hooked in the first. I mean, you could argue too though that it's always been like that. Um when people would send, you know, CDs to record companies, if you didn't Catch their attention in the first like thirty seconds of the song. They're on to the next. They're not listening to the full song, right?
1: Yeah, but I, you know, there were there were uh, possibilities like you know, uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. I mean, it, it actually doesn't right. get the actual song for like five minutes in, right? Right. Uh, so so those things could happen, or a U two song, you know, where the streets have no name. The buildup to that. Has got to be at least two minutes before they even get to any singing by Bono. So you could do those kinds of things, and you you wouldn't. You wouldn't. There was no way to lose the audience because they. They first of all they'd purchased uh, the uh, the song, and there was just a lot more latitude to that kind of construction of songwriting. But I I agree with you that that is not the case today.
0: Yeah, and I think like. Again, with the U2 song, the buildup is nice. That's what makes it. Yeah. It's a form of artistic expression. And the fact that now you have to sort of cut it down because, because of what, you know? Not well, the, al- the, uh, the
1: algorithm, whatever, whatever the exactly. algorithm, whatever that means, I don't even know what that right. means. And, but it just seems to be, well, you know, it's like say, blaming everything on supply chain now. Everybody's right. say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do that for you because of supply chain. Right. Uh, uh, but, and the same thing with uh, algorithm, I, you know, I'm sorry that, 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 that song structure doesn't work because of the algorithm.
0: Right. You know, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's.
1: That's it's the not that, way yeah, it exactly.
0: is. Not because it doesn't sound good. You know, mm-hmm. sounds great, mm-hmm. but not going to work. Um, so how
1: do you, uh, you know, how do you and your fellow artists, you've obviously talked to other artists about this too. So uh, do you think that there's starting to be a reaction to that?
0: I think it's amazing that so many already established artists and pre-TikTok artists, so artists maybe who haven't emerged because of TikTok, are speaking out against it. There have been a number of them, which is great because um we we need that support as as mm-hmm. unsigned and more independent artists who do approach music and songwriting from the cre- from the creative lens and not necessarily from the um the money making lens.
1: Right. Right. I think I think you're right, and I, I think that there there's always a reaction to these trends. Uh, and artists, by their very nature, uh, want to express themselves in ways that are not with the trend all the time, right? Uh, and exactly. So I, I think that that I think we can wait. To, we can wait and see, but uh, there will be a reaction to that. So that's uh, that's amazing. Uh, well, listen, it's been great to have you on the program. I want to thank you for uh, expressing yourself on a on a thirty minute podcast, if nothing else. and uh, Thanks, Tony. again uh, Yes, and again, uh, name your uh, website where you can you can find your music again
0: nixcorea dot com and mm-hmm. on Instagram at it's and I hope to meet a bunch of new fans.
1: Yeah, that would be lovely. We've had musicians on this podcast before, so you're in, you're in a great company. Uh, Gil Moore has been on, and Kim Mitchell has been on, and uh, uh, a few other musicians besides. So thank you for joining thank us you. today. I, w- I want to thank our sponsors once again, uh, Municipal Solutions, of course, John Mutton and the gang, and then Steve Sparling at Halton Gr. Dot com, finally huntersbayradio.com where you'll hear this podcast and others every Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to be back back with our my co-host Jody. It's just not the same doing it without Jody, I gotta say, and we're always a good team. So don't worry, fans of other and another thing podcast, we'll be back together soon enough. We'll see you next time.